This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. These oh. are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Well, you know what this means. It's five-year mission. We have William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain world. Kirk, on the line. He has a new book. It's called Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder. Welcome to Cats at Night, William Shatner. Thank you. Thank you. Now, William Shatner, John Katzmatidis here. Uh, I was going to NYU, and everybody gathered around the television set at NYU during our college, the only television set on campus to watch you in uh, Star Trek originally, and and um, it was it, it was a show before its time. And how did you feel doing it? Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, Rick, you're you're, uh, you're living in the past at sixty years old. You realize that, right? Yep. <laughs> okay, and and you want to talk about a sixty-year-old event in your life and in mine? I'm perfectly willing to do that. Although, bringing it up to date is also interesting, isn't it? Mr. Shatner, this is uh, Frank Moreno, and uh, it's great to talk with you again. And uh, I congratulate you on the new book. I've read all your books, and I absolutely love this one. You've spent so much of your life portraying characters that have gone to outer space, and now you've achieved what very few people actually have and got to go to outer space. The reaction that you said that you had when you got there, I think, surprised a lot of people. You indicated that it made you sad. Did that surprise you? And why did going to space and seeing the Earth Absolutely. make you sad? It, it was a shock to me. Um, it, it, I had no idea that that would be my feeling. The, the original idea of going up there for me was the excitement, the thrill of going into space. I talked about it uh, all these years ago about space and the final frontier, not given speeches where I've said the final frontier is not space. It's one of the frontiers. The final frontiers are manyfold, and probably the final frontier is death and what happens after death. But uh, I, I, I had given essentially lip service to all those things, saying it because I felt it, but I didn't realize how deeply it affected me. I've been an ecologist for a long time, observing what was happening in the world and trying to speak out against it. And, and, um, and then going up into space, I, I, um, I, uh, I, uh, I, I observed uh, the blackness of space and the, the, the gorgeousness of the Earth. And when I came back, I started to cry. I didn't know why I was crying. And I had to sit down for a few months to realize I had a feeling of grief. And the grief was for the world. And the grief was mm. for the things that are going extinct now. As we, you and I are talking, there, there are entities going extinct that we've never seen. It's taken 5.8 billion years to evolve. And these gorgeous, beautiful things that the world and life uh, made whole is gone. And we don't know what they were, what they did, 
and what a miracle it was to have them on earth. And that, to me, was so sad and tragic, and, and I didn't fully comprehend it mm. until I was able to take some time to think about it. Uh, talking with William Shatner, his new book is Boldly Go. you got to check it out. And, uh, Mr. Shatner, you mentioned death. My lone complaint with you, and I've followed everything you've ever done, and I'm a fan of everything you've ever done, is that I haven't gotten to interview you nearly enough. And I always thought that uh, when you stopped living, that opportunity would go away. But apparently... I may have that opportunity, and John Katzmatidis may have that opportunity to interview you even after you pass on. Are you really going to be a hologram after you pass away? Well, I'm so involved in futuristic things. It's been not something I would have chosen 60 years ago, but over the years, because of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, interviews like this where people talk about what is the future and what and what thinking I know, uh, I've, I've had a deep interest in futuristic ideas. And one of the ideas that came to me uh, a couple of years ago that, that, that uh, uh, somebody came to me with was a hologram and artificial intelligence and the technology of being able to allow the viewer to ask the question and then the artificial intelligence element answering that question. So I sat down in front of, oh, I don't know, 15 cameras taking a uh, holographic picture of me. Uh, I sat for five days and answered questions as fully as I could. And out of that came uh, a, a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a a recording of uh, every imaginable question and every imaginable answer, so that now and in the future, somebody will be able to sit down in front of my image and ask me a question, and presumably <laughs> I'll have a decent answer to that question. And what struck me uh, hugely was if that technology had been around at the time of, oh, I don't know, Einstein? How about Beethoven? How about Plato? If you could sit down in front of an image of the great men of history and ask them a question pertaining to anything, pertaining to when they went to the bathroom, or how did they get the idea for their philosophy, what an extraordinary uh, experience it would be for you. So I joined that company called um, um, StoryFile, and that's the company that's doing that. And think of the uses uh, that you could put that to. Yeah. Uh, how, how far away? Is, how far away from being able to, to download the brain into a computer? The brain? Yes. The, you, uh, did you say the brain? Someday we'll be able to download a, our brain into a computer. How far away do you think we are? Well, I think that's a long ways off. But we can download information. <clears throat> For example. There's a huge computer, the largest computer in the world, that has been programmed with everything that's been written in English. And I watched somebody inquire uh, esoteric things, not what is 2 plus 2, but things that ordinarily a computer can't answer, like what is love and, and what is justice, things that are ephemeral. So since this computer was programmed with everything that has been said, 
it offered very erudite answers to those uh, uh, non-concrete <clears throat> questions. And then it occurred to me that all of us are programmed by, uh, by teachers telling us, well, here's what Plato said, here's what uh, 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 Einstein said, here's what 2 plus 2 is. So we're all, in effect, artificial intelligence pro- uh, pro- programmed. And, and there, isn't, there is a difference between us and a, and a computer, but the edges are getting more and more uh, fuzzy. Uh, Mr. Shatner, uh, you did a terrific series for the History Channel called William Shatner Meets Ancient Aliens. And uh, obviously your career has been so tied up with space all the way going back to the 60s, all the way till uh, last year. It was also reported years ago that you you might have actually seen a UFO. Uh, given your perspective on all this stuff and researching it, tell folks what you think about the possibility of UFOs having visited this planet is. Well... Again, you've got to make the distinction between an unidentified flying object, which is a flying object that's out there and we haven't identified what it is, uh, and a little green man in control of that UFO. There's a huge difference. Now, we've seen recently filmed by Navy pilots on UFOs. But there's no explanation. We don't know what they are. Uh, we've heard... Um, military guys on ships saying they saw ships on the horizon disappear into the ocean. Um, do you know what the word Santa Morgana is? I'm embarrassed to say I don't. No, it's no embarrassment. I, I came upon the word some time ago. I looked it up and realized Santa Morgana means an illusion. That's what uh, uh, one might see in the desert when you see a mirage and it's not really there. But where is it? We now know that the light waves can be uh, perverted by uh, hot air, waves, layers of hot air, in the same way sound in the ocean uh, uses layers of cold and hot water, currents of cold and hot water. So the air is the same way. So that there is a phenomenon known as Fatamorgana, which means that it's possible that some object, a distance, maybe a thousand miles away, is being projected into the stratosphere and reflected somewhere else. And so Fata Morgana, this, this phenomena of a very worldly phenomena that's explained, could be part of what we're talking about. Frank Moreno and uh, William Shatner, uh, we're going to break in New York, but you guys can continue the conversation for for our show uh, that's coming up. And uh, uh, William Shatner, we love you, and the, the world loves you, and I think you're, you're more right than wrong. What could I say? Uh, let's take a break in New York, and let's then continue with Frank Moreno with William Shatner. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> 